Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I grew up in a very rural area. As a kid, I do a lot of exploring. Once when I was about 11 and my brother was 8, we were riding our bikes down an old trail on the edge of our neighbor's property. We frequented abandoned dirt roads often so we knew if we just kept following the trail we'd eventually end up at the main road about a quarter of a mile from our driveway we came across an old red iron lean-to there were cow carcasses hanging from the top post in various states of decay this spooked us and we got out as quickly as possible 
We really didn't speak about it after that, but both still explored. I had found a house when I was about 16 or so, but never had the courage to go in. It was about two miles behind our neighbor's 22-acre property line. I didn't really worry about it because of how far, and I didn't want to go that far out on someone else's land like that again. Now, here's where it gets weird. At 22, me and two other friends got drunk and decided to go exploring. I knew how to get to this house because there's a trail. It's overgrown from years of neglect, but it's still a viable trail. We get to a clearing and there's the house. There is a rusted 50s Oic up truck parked beside the home. It's white wood and still in pretty decent condition. The lawn was shorter as, almost like it was fresh cut, and it looked like they needed to weed eat around the truck and house. I didn't think much of this at the time. We don't plan to go in at first. We walked around the back and saw there was a whole trailer behind the house. The two were connected by a crudely made awning and porch. We could see the back door of the house and the front door of the trailer were both open. One core glass jars were everywhere. I mean, dozens. Some on the ground under the porch, a lot on the platform there. Were so many, they spilled out of trailer and house. And most were empty, but some had a clear liquid. We decided not to enter the trailer because that seemed to be where the majority of the jars were. We were unsure of broken glass and assumed the liquid was moonshine as it wasn't growing algae like some of the others. We go through the back door and find the house was in disarray. Paper everywhere, tons of water damage. The roof and floor were caving in in some places. I found a calendar from 1973 hanging. Old toys and books were just scattered. No seating or bedding furniture, but there were a couple of tables and a desk. The craziest thing I found was a box within that desk. It contained pencils, blank papers, uh, how to write in shorthand book and some records. The records showed large sums of money being paid, not only to the local school, but also to several people. The area I grew up in is a lot of old money, uh, generational wealth people, and I recognize many last names. One of the names I recognized was my 70-something year old in Lord's. The sums of money were anywhere between fifty and 6000 The larger amounts were paid to the school, and frequently, too, they get a check at least once every week, sometimes twice a week, never for less than 1000 At this point, one of my friends found a plate and glass on the kitchen table. It was dirty like it had food on it at one point. There were dirty dishes in the sink, too. This kind of weirded us out, so we left at this point. Um, it's been about 10 years since that day. Uh, a few weeks ago, I'm shooting this shit with my dad at about 2 in the morning. We were talking about living there for so many years and how we had so many memories. With it being so late, I felt a little spooky, so I told him about the house. I did not tell him about the recipes. After hearing my story, he kind of nods and says, Yeah, that's Mr. Cup's house. I had never heard of this dude. In the 20-something years I've lived in this house, the more I got to thinking about it, the more I felt like I remembered that name on the records. I, I asked my dad how he knows about the house, and apparently, when we were little kids, my parents had too much to drink one night and took some of their friends out there to a ghost honey. 
he saw pretty much the same thing I did. He told how he gets to the location and I realized the road I found those carcasses on as a kid was one of Mr. Cup's driveways. The other came out about a quarter of a mile to the opposite of my house. I then told him about the receipts and our now deceased original landlord's name on them. He tells me he doesn't know about all the receipts, but he does tell me that way back in the 50s, Mr. Cup, and our landlord's where it ends about where the property line was. Mr. Cup had proof of his side of the land. The landlord had filed a motion to stall the lawsuit, and eventually, after years of fighting, it was settled that the property Mr. Cup was living on was theirs. Some of the details in regard to why Mr. Cup didn't get his land are fuzzy to my dad. He does know that the landlords didn't tell Mr. Cup that he had to vacate because they didn't want him to appeal. So for about 10 years, they let him live there and didn't mess with him. At this point, he's in his 70s, and it's in the 1970s. The landlord gave Mr. Cup's property, in addition to a lot of property behind our neighbor's acreage to her daughter as a wedding present. They forced Mr. Cup to pay them in order to stay. <laughs> the daughter used the money to fund a clubhouse in the middle of the property. They also redirected his access road the trail to lead to the clubhouse. This went on for some time until the couple who were now in possession of the property decided to divorce. The guy was the brother to my little brother's best friend's dad. His family home was right down the road from all this. He managed to win all of the property in the divorce and the wife got the money. The first thing he did was go to Mr. Cup and sold him not only his property back, but also all the property that was originally the landlord's, including the property the club was on. So Mr. Cup closed off all access to the club and the access point furthest from him. He left the one closer to his home open. Then what? I had asked my dad, he shrugged. Nothing, he lived a few more years and then died. They found him at the kitchen table a few months after he had passed. I don't know who owns this property now, nor do I know who has been maintaining it. The only other person in this area with that last name spelled it different and was not originally from the area. I know nothing else about it. I don't even know what was in those jars. I think about this sometimes and the more I think about it, the more questions I have answers. I saw an alien in my room and showed them a meme. I wrote this account six months ago because I needed to get this story off my chest. This experience was starting to affect my relationship and I desperately needed to tell someone and move on. I decided not to go through with posting about it because I didn't want to seem cringe or have a bunch of people tell me that I was lying. Fast forward to today and I'm finally feeling brave enough to share. Context. I'm female. I was 22 at the time and in my last year of engineering school, still living in my parents' house. Since then, I've moved out and got a job in another city. Um, and back in April 2022, I was laying in bed relaxing and drifted off to sleep around 1 a.m. I'm a night owl and typically stay up well into the night. Sometime after I fell asleep, I was awakened by someone grabbing me from behind in an awkward hugging motion, like a bear hug, but more awkward and grabby. I slept on my side and would usually face the wall, so I needed to turn around to see who was touching me. 
my mom usually gets up for work super early. So I assumed it was her coming into my room to hug me and say bye for the day. I was horribly wrong. When I started to turn around, my vision was still blurry and I couldn't see anyone standing directly next to my bed. I was confused because I had just felt someone touching me. Before I had even finished fully turning to see, my eyes had wandered to the corner of my room near my desk and my body froze immediately. There was this unknown being floating directly above my desk. I'm not even sure if being is the right word to use, but it looked humanoid. This being was slightly shorter than me. I'm five feet three, had a larger than normal head and a tiny slit mouth, and their skin was this blackish, star-speckled color. I don't even know how to describe it, but they almost looked airy, like if I poked in my finger it would go right through. I felt like I was looking into some sort of gas. It was really strange, but the most prominent feature I noticed was their gigantic, deep black eyes. The eyes somehow managed to be a deeper black than their skin. They were so huge and just very striking to see. When I saw them hovering over my desk, I made eye contact and my whole body froze. My immediate instinct was to get up and run away, but it was like I couldn't move my arms and legs no matter how much I thought I needed to. I was frozen still. A strange detail I remember the other day was that when I made eye contact all the ambient noise in the room was gone it was completely silent and we were just staring deeply into each other's eyes it was like Tom completely frozen at that moment while I was staring into their eyes I felt something I never felt before I felt the most primal fear I could have ever felt I felt like I had suddenly reverted to a caveman or something. I felt this horrible dread, a horrible terror. I kept thinking that I needed to get up and run. I needed to get away, but I couldn't move. And then I heard this message in my head. I can't exactly describe how I heard it. It wasn't as if someone said it to me, but as if it was directly planted into my own thoughts. It said, don't be afraid, and I thought to myself, what in the world is going on? I was confused because I heard this message, but the being itself did not speak. Like their mouth didn't move. In fact, I don't remember any sort of facial expression ever being conveyed other than the creepy intense stare. I felt a sort of calmness wash over me, and I blacked out a few moments after that. The next thing I remember is being seated at my desk the being was gone, but I could still hear these messages in my head. I'm assuming they realized how scared I was and decided to hide themselves to avoid me freaking out again. I can't exactly remember the entire conversation word for word or how it even happened, but I remember the gist of it. Basically, I was shown these images of real life wartime via the war in Ukraine and images of war and things like cartoons and media, and I guess it wanted to know my opinions about both and the way the images made me feel. I can't remember my response, but I remember feeling that they were mildly satisfied with it. For a moment, I felt like there might have been a third presence in the conversation like someone else was observing, but I'm not completely sure. At some point during the encounter, I felt awkward and I grabbed my phone to look online just looking for something to calm myself down. Nobody was in the room, but still, I felt like I was being watched intensely. 
it's worth noting that I have very severe social anxiety and I was scared, but I didn't feel like I was in danger anymore. Anyway, I ended up finding some stupid meme and laughing at it. And I got a feeling like the being was questioning my behavior. Like they seemed intrigued by the way I was acting. I remember holding my phone up in the air, like, look, not knowing where they were, but trying to show them anyway. There was a moment of silence. And then the next thing, I know I was back in bed again, like nothing ever happened in the blink of an eye. My phone was lying next to me on the bed and the screen was off. I grabbed it to look at the time. It was like 3 or 4 a.m. I checked my tabs to make sure I wasn't insane. And sure enough, the last page that I had been on was still open. I don't think they liked my meme. After this happened, I felt like I had been severely traumatized. I slept with the light on for several months after this happened. I talked about it constantly, so much so that I started to overwhelm my girlfriend with my behavior. I was paranoid all the time. I couldn't fall asleep without checking that same corner over and over again. I spent months researching other people who've had similar encounters, just trying to convince myself that I'm not crazy. I still do feel paranoid a lot of the time. And sometimes I convince myself that it wasn't real and I was just dreaming sleep paralysis, but my body knows the truth. I still feel that horrible dread feeling when I think about what happened Especially when I think of looking into their eyes, my hands will shake and I start to sweat. My body goes numb. It's the only thing that keeps me 100% sure that it wasn't just a dream. I still find myself checking corners when I'm in bed at night, but it's gotten a lot easier to manage now that some time has passed. This experience has completely changed the way I see reality and consciousness and definitely made me ask myself, some tough questions about our existence on this planet. It was late at night, around 11.30, 11.45. Myself and a buddy were sitting at the fire talking when we heard a commotion on the other side of the creek about 15 yards from us. It sounded like a very large animal was rolling down the embankment towards the creek. We heard a howling sound and short grunting noises coming closer and closer. Now here I must tell you that I have just listened to a few of the audio clips on this site and the clip titled Westmoreland Moans has got the hair on the back of my neck standing on the end. It is the exact same sound. At first we thought it was a coyote with a really strange howl but there was no answer in the distance from another in response. The sound came closer and closer until we could hear splashing in the creek 15 yards away. All of a sudden, a deer came bolting through our camp, surprising the heck out of us. Then we sat down and laughed it off, but it wasn't over. We could hear something still on the other side of the creek and raking branches and twigs. We caught a faint odor like that of an... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Extremely dirty dog, then came the moan again and splashing around in the water. I had brought my .22 rifle with me and took the opportunity to fire a few rounds into the air. We heard a horrible grunting sound and then we could hear it going back up the embankment on the other side of the creek. Terrified, we hopped into the truck, but didn't leave. I aimed my headlights toward the other side of the creek to try to see anything. We saw nothing but could still hear loud grunts or snorts. We left for the evening and came back at daylight to retrieve the rest of our belongings. And driving into camp, we could see that things had been moved around, couldn't find any footprints, but did see branches broken and bent as high up as 9 to 10 feet. Since then, I have returned only once to show a friend where it had happened. As I was walking very slowly trying to be as quiet as possible in the tender dry branches and needles, I noticed movement about 75 yards down the slope from me. I started to raise my rifle, but immediately noticed the animal I saw was dark brown or black in color. My thoughts immediately processed that it was a bear, but then it was very apparent the animal I was looking at was on two legs. I was in disbelief of what I was seeing. I raised my rifle to look through the scope, but the animal was walking very briskly through the woods as if it was on roller skates, very fluid movements. I watched it for about 15-20 seconds as it changed direction away and down a slope from me. It started towards an open meadow, but then turned and headed down the slope through the trees. Later that night, after I had recounted my experience to the others in our party, we experienced noises coming from either side of the meadow where we're camped. At first, there was a loud crack from one side. After a few moments, there was a loud crack from behind our camp. We thought it may be a herd of elk in the timber and shined a light into the dark to see what we could see, but there was nothing. We experienced the same types of sounds and experiences of the sound of large branches cracking from either side of our campsite two more times over the next hour. Ever since I've known for myself, I have loved nature. I could even say that it's my passion, which is why the job of even a park ranger was perfect. Until one day, I worked at this nature park where the visitation hours were from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. There were many of us and our shifts changed every week. So one week I would do first, and the next week I would do second, and so on. One Friday I was second shift, which meant I'd stay until everybody left and check if everything is okay, then I was off. I did a short tour that uh, few visitors asked for that day, but other than that, it was pretty unengaged since I didn't have to do a lot. I was already walking and checking up everything long before I was supposed to be done with work. And it already got dark and I was walking through the woods I noticed a flash of lightning at me from behind me on one of the trees in the distance it was weird I went to check it out but as I got to the point that I thought the light was coming from suddenly it came at me again from the place that I'd come from it was super weird and I yelled out whoever was doing that to knock it off as I said, the flash of light came from a completely different direction. There's no way that a person could travel that way in such a short time. So I realized I was probably being messed with by two different people. 
figuring it was my coworkers, even though we weren't really close, nor do we ever do this kind of stuff. I yelled again. I was not going to participate in this stupid joke, whoever or whatever it was should leave. I left. I did not have any control over this and could not do anything about it if they were purposefully trying this with me. So basically, it was my problem. And for my supervisor that somebody could still be in the park, he said that he would take over. I left and got in my car and began to drive home. I live about 10 minutes away from the park. Suddenly I got a phone call from an unknown number. I answered it. Somebody told me in a raspy voice I should not have left them there all alone, that I would regret it. I told them to never call me again and hung up. When I got to work, they told me they had found a dead dog at the place I'd reported the flashing lights. This was the work of an insane individual who was messing with me. Somebody who would do something so horrid. I was stationed at the FOB, Forward Observation Base, in Kaminica as a civilian contractor. I was driving one morning from the FOB to Camp Monteith to do a distribution run, pick up laundry and such. Halfway to Camp Monteith, you drive through a heavily wooded and hilly region, but not all that big and still somewhat populated. It's hard for me to describe an exact location unless someone is actually familiar with the area. About two miles before you pass a restaurant called The Planet. I witnessed a hairy hominid coming down a fairly steep slope and then crossing the road in front of the vehicle going from my right side to my left side. Nothing like what you hear from the American version of Bigfoot. Not sure what to call it, so we'll stick with a hairy hominid. This hairy hominid was only around five half feet tall. Only an estimate as I was in a four-wheel drive that sits kind of high. It was slender, bipedal, reddish-colored hair, heavily matted around the buttocks and front groin area. Hair is longer on the head than on the rest of the body. The rest of the hair is three, four inches in length. A profile of face flat and dark skin to black. Hands were also black. Did not get a good look at the feet. No visible mommaries or other aids in determining sex. The sighting did not last too long and there was also the shock factor involved. Trying to be as detailed as I can, I only saw the profile of the face but was fairly flat and very dark. I saw the hands but did not get a real good look at the feet as it moved in front of the vehicle and then across the road and down a slope into a valley. Hands were also very dark, I would say black as far as the face and hands go. I was curious after this happened. I was afraid of ridicule from my workmates and feared for my security clearance. So I kept quiet about it. But after finally talking to my wife about it, I feel I can share it with like-minded people. Does anyone know if hominids have a history of sightings in the Balkans around Kosovo? I tried an internet search and came up empty. I hope I was thorough enough or detailed enough. This incident occurred at Carson Lake in the Grand Mesa National Forest of Colorado. The lake sits on the edge of what is called Land's Edge on the Grand Mesa. A friend and I were hunting. We had hiked down the Connor Creek Trail to look for game. We had spent most of the day on a stand 
We made our way back to my truck, but decided to stay the night so we could hunt in the early morning and then go home. We were getting things set up for camp, building a fire, and getting food out to cook. I had a pop-up camper, and I had just got it up and situated when my friends said, what the heck is that sound? He had never spent as much time in the woods as I had, so he was freaked out instantly. I came out of the camper and asked him, what was the problem? That is when I heard it. It's hard to explain how it sounded. It was a high-pitched but deep scream that lasted for long periods off and on. Sound goes up and down in volume. Whatever it was sounded angry for some reason at first. I didn't give it much thought. I had heard mountain lion screams and that will make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. But this sound went on and on. Pausing for short moments as if to catch its breath. My friend was really freaked out now. I said to him, it's just a lion or two lions across the lake. This did not calm him down much. I had my sidearm on me, so I pulled it out and shot off around in the air during the screaming. Then it was silent. I told him I scared it away. I started to go about getting food out so we could eat. The daylight was fading to the point where you can't quite see details across the lake. But you can still see movement and other features. About a minute after firing off the round in the air, the screaming started again. This time it was closer, but still across the lake. It seemed more pissed off, as if it was very mad we were here. We could hear the brush shaking and raking, but we could not see it. But just hear it. Now I'm getting freaked out because of what just happened. It was coming closer. You would think that a gunshot would scare game away, not bring it closer. My friend is really getting freaked out and wants to leave immediately. I tell him we have high-powered rifles and we will be safe. The whole time we're talking about leaving, the screaming is going on. I eventually gave in to him wanting to leave and started tack up camp. This took some time for us to do maybe 10 minutes or so. During this time, the screaming continued. We got everything loaded up in a hurry, buttoned up the camper, and got in the truck. I started it up and left. It was now dark and the headlights were the only lights beside the stars. The drive up and out of the lake had a few switchbacks. I stopped at one to see if the screaming was still going on. It was not. We drove out of there and down the mountain, not saying a word. We had stopped to get a bite to eat. We felt unsure of what we had experienced. Both of us decided not to say anything to anyone. And no, I didn't say anything to anyone for a very long time. I am unsure if my friend has said anything to anyone. I've watched shows on TV about Bigfoot since then. Some of the shows had recorded sounds. Uh, what they said was a Bigfoot. To me, it sounded like what I had heard at the lake. I have a friend that had a similar experience in this same area at a later time. My friend said it was at night when he saw something tall and large cross the road. Also, during the day, he found some very large tracks. Some other friends said that they heard some screaming that sounded a lot like what I described in the area. They didn't tell the rest of the hunting party about what they heard until later when the rest of them heard these screams in the middle of the night. It was loud enough to wake them up. My wife and I were 
trying out our trucks, new tires, and went up this logging road. I stopped to look at this valley in the moonlight. I stopped the truck and rolled down the window. We heard this rock hit the graveled road, but we were not moving. We then heard this extremely bone chilling loud scream and what sounded like trees branches breaking and being thrashed about. The sound was like no other sound imaginable. I'll never forget it. We lived just two miles from this place and this was the first time I felt this scared up there on the mountain. In the wilds of Alaska, within the expansive territory of a Native American reservation, I, an Apache native named Witty Bison, moved through the dense forest with the ease of a shadow. My senses were attuned to every rustle of leaves and snap of twigs, a skill passed down through generations of my Apache ancestors. On this fateful day, I had ventured out to track the movements of a rare herd endangered deer, hoping to ensure their safety within our sacred lands. As I stealthily maneuvered through the trees, I spotted a group of five figures in the distance. My heart sank as I realized they were poachers armed and ready to commit an unforgivable crime against the very creatures I sought to protect. Rage boiled within me, but I knew that rushing into action would jeopardize not only life, but also the lives of the innocent deer. So I watched from afar, hidden by the foliage, as they callously set their sights on the majestic creatures. I cursed their greed and ignorance, praying silently for some divine intervention to stop them. But fate had other plans. One of the poachers glanced in my direction, spotting my presence amidst the trees. Their eyes locked with mine, and I knew I had been discovered. My heart pounded, adrenaline coursing through my veins as I turned and fled. The deafening sound of their pursuit echoing in my ears. I navigated the wilderness with the instincts of a predator, utilizing every ounce of knowledge my ancestors had imparted upon me to evade the relentless onslaught of the criminals. Yet, even as the roles of hunter and hunted shifted, my determination to protect the deer remained unwavering. The poachers were ruthless and relentless, sparing no effort to track me down. As the chase wore on, I found myself using every trick in the book to gain the upper hand, ambushing them with calculated precision and vanishing into the wilderness once more. It was during one such ambush that I managed to eliminate two of the poachers, my bow and arrow proving to be a swift and silent instrument of justice. Though their lives were forfeit, I couldn't help but feel a pang of sorrow for the darkness that led them astray. Nonetheless, I pressed on knowing that the remaining three would show no mercy if they caught up to me. As I continued my harrowing escape, a chilling scream pierced through the air sending shivers down my spine. I looked back to see one of the poachers had been separated from the group, and he stared wide-eyed into the heart of the woods. His fear was palpable as he muttered words of terror. Speaking of a creature from Native American folklore, a Wendigo, my heart pounded in my chest as I caught a glimpse of the monstrous figure lurking among the trees. The Wendigo is a horrifying sight to behold towering over the poacher with twisted limbs and a skeletal frame. Its eyes glowed with an otherworldly light and a haunting aura of malevolence surrounded it. Frozen with fear, I watched as the Wendigo lunged at the poacher, its movements impossibly fast and agile. With one swift motion, it struck him down. 
And in that moment, I realized that the stories of the Wendigo were not mere legends. They were real, living embodiments of ancient darkness, awakened by the greed and cruelty of men. As the remaining poachers left, Wendigo just disappeared. I still cannot believe what I saw, and I know that no one will believe me. But I'm no longer skeptic. They are not folklore anymore.